Welcome everyone to this uh, additional session of our Overflow podcast. My hope, my name is Cassandra Thorpe, and I am your host for today. And we have here again with us our wonderful Pastor Marcus Allen, Senior E Six Lieutenant Captain. No. No, that's not a. That's E6, not a, E6, E6, she was on point. E6, I yeah. was on point. Okay. Yeah, that was right. <laughs> okay, so E6. What, what is it, E6? Staff Sergeant. Okay. So it's, um, it's not like E1. Uh-huh. Uh, that's like no rank at all. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just an E1. So. <laughs> and, uh, and then you have to work your way up. Um, and then it's like a certain amount of years you have to stay in a particular rank before you get to the next rank. Okay. And E two is the private first, and then yeah, private, private first class. That's an E three. I forgot what E two is. Private first class, and then you're a specialist or a corporal. That's E four. Then you're a sergeant. Then you're a staff sergeant. That means now you can work in staff positions, okay. leadership roles. Okay. And then you're a sergeant first class, which is what first lady is, and Doctor Bill Billings has tagged her as. Uh, sergeant first lady <laughs> <laughs> so she's a sergeant first class and then you know you're over more staffing mm-hmm. stuff and then you a master sergeant or first sergeant um, master sergeant is like a staff position first sergeant is like you're over a whole company okay of people and then you become a sergeant major or a command sergeant major sergeant major is normally over like uh, operations staffing uh-huh. and then um the command sergeant major is over like <clears throat> uh, uh, battalion or brigade, high wow. level stuff. Yeah, so okay. that's the enlisted portion. The enlisted portion. That's a long list to get to, like, overseeing <clears throat> troops. I, for whatever reason, I thought it was like, you were, <laughs> you were, <laughs> you were in training camp, and then you know you spent some years out in the field, and then all of a sudden you you train people, but they make sure you're. You're vetted right. well before you, you lead anybody. Yeah, you have to go through a whole lot, and they give you a lot of... Right. Uh, you picked quite a long month to talk about stewardship, right. so you, you must be really trying to send a message home to us. <laughs> we need to be good stewards. Well, we've tagged every October uh, for the last um, four years. Mm-hmm. Because um, normally it's just one week of stewardship. Okay. When I first got here, it was just one week of stewardship in October. Like the fourth Sunday in October, third or fourth Sunday was stewardship week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said, hey, let's let's make the whole month to focus on it. Now, it's been very impactful for us. Um, yeah. It's been very impactful. Um, this year, October just seemed to have five weeks in it. Yeah. And so, and then this year, I didn't, I didn't want to just focus on... Um, being stewards of our finances. Uh, I really wanted to focus, have people bring their attention on serving God first. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's been the focus on it. Putting God first in all that we have. So we put God first, one, because he said so. And that's in Exodus when he gave the law to Moses. And uh, mm-hmm. there should be no other God before us. Uh, putting God first in our decisions. And that was in Proverbs 3. Um, we say trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path um, then trust in God with our finances mm-hmm. and say no um, give to God first the first fruit of your labor Yes, give that to God first 
than last week. And what we're going to talk about today is putting God first in our love. Yeah. Um, because we, we have a lot of love to share. We can give, we never can run out the amount of love. You know that? I just, I just thought of that. I you, never thought about you, you can't. There's no limit on the amount of love you can share with someone. And so, um, I don't think so. Uh, if you love that person enough or, you know, just because you love me don't mean you can't love somebody else at the same mm-hmm. level. Um, and sometimes people find that difficult to do. Uh, well, I love my mom. I can't love you too. Or right. I love uh, my spouse. Now I can't love my family the same way. So that causes a lot of rift, but we can share love. Yeah, I think that's something that you definitely touch on throughout the sermon is it's just looking at love in a different way. Um, Cause I can honestly say that um, I didn't think of these different acts as acts of love mm-hmm. in the Bible. Uh, and just the way that God shows up is it was more my interpretation or even how it had been taught was that these are acts of faith from okay. the people versus acts of love from God. Right. Um, so, so this, so thank you for providing that um, perspective for me. But as we're, let's dive in, right? So in. we're looking at the scripture. So it's Matthew twenty two, thirty seven through forty. That's the that's the text that we're talking about. What is going on? What's Matt talking about? What's he dealing with? Who are his enemies? Not just playing. Well, right, right. So that that this is basically you know. Um, What's going on here is, you know, he's telling a story of Jesus from mm-hmm. his own encounter with Christ. Um, and this same narrative is found in all three of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Um, so the synoptic means the same. And so they basically tell the same stories. John is a little different because, you know, John is the revelator and he speaks from his own accord. Mm-hmm. You no, know, he's the self-proclaimed, the disciple that is loved by God. Uh, loved by Jesus, you know. So it, and it, he he proclaims that himself. Uh, and so what's going on here from from Matthew's vantage point? Um, Jesus is in the constant debate, attempting to prove who he is. Okay. <clears throat> and um, and he's having this dispute with the Sadducees, who did not believe in or still don't believe in mm-hmm. the resurrection, and so. So they challenge him. Say, hey, this a, it was weird when I read it. Like, I don't, have I ever read this before? Yeah. That's that's what I was thinking. But because it, <laughs> it was weird, because they, they asked the question, uh, um, Jesus, what if um, a man marries a woman, mm-hmm. and according to the Mosaic law, if that man dies and they do not have children together, then a brother must take the woman in. And they said, what if this man had seven brothers? Right, just and none yeah. of them had children with this woman. And she outlives everyone, <laughs> pretty yeah, much. Right, yeah. Uh, she outlives every one of them. They point. all die. And so so she is the wife to all of the brothers. Whose wife will she be when they get to the resurrection? That What type of question is that, right? <laughs> Uh, when I read, I'm like, no, yo, have I, I know I've read through the Bible several times, but it seems as if I really must skimmed over this portion, then paid any attention, 
didn't see it applicable to my life. Uh-huh. Um, but now, at, as a pastor, I can see where these questions come from. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been asked this question, Pastor? Oh yes, man. I can see. <laughs> I can see where these questions come from, and Jesus really, he really doesn't. <clears throat> um, he does a job like yo. Um, you really don't need a wife once you get to heaven. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He said, and he tells them, you don't know scripture. Nor do you understand the power of God. Mm-hmm. This is what Jesus tells them, and uh, and, and so he he he's really just you know he's countering uh, the question like because you're asking that question you might not even know who God is. Mm. And these were keepers of the law. Yeah, uh, these were um, those who were religious leaders within the church or the synagogue at this time uh, for the Jewish people. And they they should be experts of the law. And Jesus saying, you don't even know who the God is you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) He said, you don't even know who who this God is. Right. And um, and so Sadducees, they ask him this question. And the Pharisees, they're they're seeing that Jesus has stumped the Sadducees. Mm -hmm. And so the Pharisees jumped in. Then they ask the question. Because they're trying to catch Jesus up. We see this all throughout the Gospels. Um, Jesus critics and those who challenged him were often, mm-hmm. they wouldn't do much, but they ask questions. So they say, teacher. Okay. Yes. Teacher. And, and, and they ask this question or makes this pronouncement of him being the teacher, but they weren't listening to his teachings. Mm-hmm. And so that's also a problem, too. And so they uh, actually say, hey, uh, what is the greatest law? That uh, that God has given, right? And that's when Jesus comes with these verses: um, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and and your heart, mean your mind." Mm-hmm. This is the first and the great commandment, first and great commandment. And then you should love your neighbor as yourself. So some would say this is the first and second great commandments: mm-hmm. one, loving God; two, loving your neighbor. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's so interesting because we, you know, growing up, you grow up in a church, you don't question God. Right. And now you have people in the Bible, (laughs) like, it's documented that they are questioning him. And so you get the, uh, the perception, like, they're evil. Now, we don't know fully, like, you know, maybe they were asking, they were curious, mm-hmm. trying to get confirmation, right. um, but, you know, it's, it's it's not clear in the text, but you can tell by previous uh, encounters that they've had with Jesus that they're, they're trying to play him right. in, in common terms, and I think it, uh, as we talk about this love and these expressions of love and how we're created out of love, you give all of these examples, uh, Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, right. Noah, Abraham, Jacob, Joseph, the children of Israel, David, just the fact that all of these acts were love um, from God, where if we were to ask, I think anyone just be like, oh, what happened with Adam and Eve, the fall? What right. happened with Cain and Abel, murder? Mm-hmm. Noah, alcoholic, uh, Abraham, he what? Lied. He lied. Um, his sister was a I mean his wife was his sister. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. His wife was his sister. You've got Jacob and Joseph and you know, Joseph being sold by his brothers mm-hmm. and then you've got the children of Israel who are 
wandering for forty years. So like hot mess. So so and then David Still had blessed. David had all of his baggage. We don't even have to open right. that. That's just that is him. And so those are the stories that you learn about these people within the Bible. Uh, so then to put that love spin on it because they come out of it, I think that's a great way to look at how our lives can shift as well right. uh, and how we can put God first um, with our love because he still loved them right. in spite of their wrong. Yeah, if you really, if you, like everything you called off, you know, um, as I was writing it, I was like, Sometimes the toughest part of the sermon is the introduction, how mm. to get into the sermon. Okay. And then also the second toughest is how to get out of it, how to close <laughs> it. So, that, that, so that's sometimes the toughest place to be in. How do I really um, get into this sermon uh, and catch the attention of the people? Because, mm-hmm. you know, we're in this uh, Snapchat, uh, Instagram tiktok world where you got to catch my attention within a minute yeah or or 140 characters or i'm moving on to the next thing Mm -hmm. so and 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 looking at that with sermons like yo i got to figure out something how do i catch but also be true to the text and so i was like yo um just looking at the love of god that like you said we often just see think think of those uh, those biblical characters as their acts of faith, what they had done, mm-hmm. but they could not have done any of that without the love of God. Yes. So creation within itself is an act of love mm. because God didn't need us. No. He still don't need us. No. Uh, we need oxygen and food and water in order to exist. Um, but God does not need anything outside of himself to exist. He's eternal. But they, but we do, and and so him making humanity was an act of love. Yes. And so that's what he just been trying since the beginning of time to prove that he's worth being loved. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so uh, when Adam and Eve fell, right? Um, we 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 can read that story and we can see the love of God within that, mm. because he could have killed them then. It was like, yeah. yo, I'm done with humanity. Yeah, I don't need this, you know. <laughs> like the little boy, I'm tired of this church, and walk off. Right? He could have done that. He could have. He could have um, destroyed them. Um, he could have made them attempt to come to him. Mm-hmm. Right? They sin in the Garden of Eden, and the Bible says he goes looking for them. That's an act of love. Mm. You feel what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because he could have been. He. They could have been out there. Naked, they knew they were naked now. They could have been, they was trying to clothe themselves. They could have, he could have had them out there wondering, Where is God? How to get to God to say, We're sorry. Mm-hmm. But he comes to them. Yeah. Feel what I mean? Mm-hmm. He comes looking for them, even though he knows the wrong that they had committed and how it affected humanity from that point forward. Um, so he comes looking for them, and that, and, and that he does not kill them, he still just gives them another chance. And they birth Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. And Abel, Cain kills his brother. And he could have killed Cain because of what he had done. But yeah. he sends him out, puts a mark on him, and then to let people know not to touch him. Mm. What? what? You know, that's an act of love. Yes. And, and then we see Noah, you know, I think it's Genesis 6, where God pretty much said, yo, 
I hate the date I ever made humanity because they're so corrupt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? He's like, yo, yeah. what, what was I thinking? Why did I do this? And so he wipes out a whole generation of people through the flood, but he leaves Noah mm-hmm. and his family to replenish the earth. Right? That's an act of love for humanity. And he could have got Noah who was drunk and kids saw him naked and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But he kept, he, he kept on showing love and Abraham comes on the scene. And makes him the father of, of all nations. And Sarah laughs at him because she's an old age. And he says, you're going to have a baby. But that was an act of love to allow them to have a child. Yes. Um, then you see his children, um, um, Isaac and Jacob um, and Joseph. Mm-hmm. And we just see how the, all this trickled down. And then even like David is a, still considered as the greatest king of all times. Of Israel still to this day mm-hmm. and we know he murdered had a man carry his own death certificate here take this to the captain and don't open this letter and the letter said hey put this man on the front line and when the enemy come everybody else fall back what <laughs> because you're trying to cover the up disrespect you're trying to cover up losing at first he told he pulled them all to war Right. Told him to go home and sleep with his wife so that people would think he got his wife pregnant and not the king. Mm-hmm. Um, tough situation, right? And yet, and still, he's considered the apple of God's eye. That's love. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then we just look at ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're honest that we've done some things that is totally against the will of God when we've known better. Yes. And for God to give us grace and to keep us and protect us from some things that that others, I don't know how, others got in trouble. Mm-hmm. The only difference between me and somebody who's in jail right now is they got caught and I didn't. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and so and so that's the act of love towards us. And, 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 the, and it, it's, it's, it's just it's crazy. Right. Um. I don't know the words, but that song, God is recklessly in love with us. Yes. The overwhelming, reckless love of God. Yes. Yes. Some people think that's a little extreme. We shouldn't be saying that about God. But that's the truth, that he's like crazy in love with us. Yes. That he continues to love us in spite of what we do. So that's it's powerful. It is very powerful. Um, when I was making notes here with the sermon and you were... Uh, recanting all of these incidents of love uh, I, I made a note like the sanctuary was silent because mm. it, it again challenging us to think of these acts of love uh, versus like disobedience and mm-hmm. evil and negativeness and then the ultimate sacrifice of the crucifixion right you know that you know that that's a typical Easter sermon mm-hmm. and uh, the foundation of our faith as Christians uh, but understanding kind of that, that ultimate sacrifice. You have to love somebody a lot, like more, way more than you love yourself mm-hmm. in order to give yourself up. Just to die or take something, take a, a bullet. Uh, some people take right. jail sentences for people. Right. But to be murdered in such a way that it was a spectacle, mm-hmm. that's a whole different level of just love like right like dude like i love you this much mm-hmm. i don't know how many people 
married, people that have been married for 50 years, some of them may not love their spouse that much. <laughs> Lord, in the name of Jesus, help us. That is the truth, though. That um, is the truth. So looking at, as we dive into the first, your first point of we must love him limitlessly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you reference text um, kind of before, like verses 23 and 33. So before right. we even get into the text, into the the text that the sermon's based around. And you've already kind of, you've given us a bit of that background. But you mentioned this, the, the Mosaic Law. Right. What is it, who, like... Who is mosaic as as I know it as a millennial? Mosaic is a pattern. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, so so what is this mosaic law, and why is it the the ruler of the of the day in this time? Right. So mosaic law is Moses. God gave Moses all of these laws. Um, I took a Western a Western um, was it philosophy class? I think so. And it talks about how um, the children of Israel were the first ones to have a religion that had standards. Okay. And um, and it first comes off at the Ten Commandments. You know, Moses on Mount Sinai, God tells them the Ten Commandments. Then if we look um, while they're in the wilderness and while they're wandering, so from... Exodus through Deuteronomy is just laws, especially in Leviticus. Mm-hmm. Leviticus, if you read Leviticus, it's like the book of laws. Uh, I don't think I ever preached a sermon from Leviticus. I might need to. Might need to, because I'm pretty <laughs> sure most people skip over it. Yeah, it's just telling you, do this, thou shalt not, thou shalt do this, thou shalt do that. And it's just a book of laws. And so... Here lately, you know, we've been, as black people, Christians, been challenged by this Hebrew Israelites. Mm-hmm. And they're big on these laws. So it's about 613 laws um, that has been given during this period. It's about 613 of them. And so these are the Mosaic laws. They come from Moses. With, at least they come from God to Moses and Moses to the people. Okay. And so in order for to keep the people... Um, in line with God, these are the laws that they give. And, and so um, that's why um, the New Testament is so imperative for us. And that's why Jesus is um, so necessary. Because here Jesus, these people, they're just trying to live these laws with no relationship with God. Mm, mm-hmm. They here are the laws, but there's no connection. And, and that's what God want, wanted most from the children of Israel is relationship. Okay. Um, so when he delivers them from the oppress, oppressive hand of Pharaoh, you see constantly he was trying to prove to him, to the people, that he was worth being their God. They crossed the Red Sea, no problems. Mm-hmm. All right. They, they run out of uh, water and they get to Myra and the water is bitter. So they can't drink the water. Mm-hmm. And and so they act a fool on Moses. And we should have stayed where we was. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Why you bring us all the way out here? Right. Like, this don't make no sense. And so God tell Moses to throw uh, some a piece of wood in the water. And it sweets up the water. God proving himself. 
they get hungry, they don't have any food, and um, and they've been in slavery for over 400 years, so they don't know how to go out and catch food and stuff because, you know, the Egyptians probably been providing for them and everything. So what God then, he rains manna from heaven in the morning and in the evening uh, so they can be able to eat. And, and manna really means, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so take care of them then then they get to another portion where they they're looking for water there's no water and God tells Moses to strike a rock and the rock hits the rock and the rock begins to flow with water they get in the battle they again they are slaves they're not warriors they've not have not been mm -hmm. taught to fight but as long as Moses hands are lifted um, they win the battle, but when his hands go down, they begin to lose. Mm. And so God just continues to prove himself, showing themselves so that he can show that he's worthy enough to be their God and and, and that he want relationship with them. Mm -hmm. But then he also had to put these standards on us. And so um, these, these Mosaic laws, 613 of them, um, and, and, and so this is what the people was trying to live, but Jesus saying, yo, this is the greatest of mm -hmm. all the laws that's ever been given. And this Deuteronomy 6 and 5. This is the greatest. Love the Lord your God mm -hmm. with all your heart, mind, and soul. But then Jesus adds to it and love your neighbor as yourself. So it's a law of loving God with everything. And then Jesus adds loving your neighbor as yourself. And if you can do those two things, you can achieve keeping the 613. It does not eliminate the 613. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, but but it, it gives us that ability to do whatever God has commanded us to do. Because one, if I love you, yeah. I'm going to do everything possible to make sure you're happy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, with, my, with my wife, I love my wife and I want to make sure she's happy all the time. So what I do, I learn her. Okay. I know what she likes. I know what she don't like. I know if I go to the gas station, I better come home with some plain potato chips, a piece of chocolate, and a Sprite. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I know her shoe size. I know her dress size. So if I go to the store and I buy her something, or if I go on a, to a conference, I know I got to come home with something because she just like gifts when mm -hmm. I get home, even though I might have only been gone for two nights. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've studied her. I've learned her. I communicate with her and I want to do things to make her happy. I'll never want to make her sad. Mm. You feel what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and so oftentimes we can't love God because we don't know God. Yeah. And the best way we know God is through scripture. And that's who he is. And then also through experience. Mm -hmm. So how do we really learn who God is? Um, those four forming factors. I know this is a different off topic, but <laughs> I learned this in seminary, so I got to give some theology. <laughs> no, you know, we learn teach God. Us, teach us what you learn. We learn God through history, which is the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, we learn who God is through rationale, reason. If there's a moon in the sky, there's a sun, and then and the sun comes in in the day, there must be a God somewhere. We learn from. Um, history, at least history is through people, mm -hmm. our moms, our dads, the preacher, mm -hmm. about who God is. And then we learn who God is through experience. So we develop who God is through those four forming factors. 
And, and so I have to be truly committed to who God is so I can know how to love God. Mm -hmm. Right? I just can't say I love my wife and I don't know how to love her. Ooh. You feel what I mean? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, no. Now I know body language. Mm -hmm. She don't have to say anything. I know something's wrong with something excited or she happy about something. It's because I've learned her and I've studied her. It's like, I sound like a stalker or something right now. A little bit. <laughs> like, he watching every, every move. I know her. And because I know her, it allows me to love her more. Right? So, so, so I won't, I won't, uh, I won't make her potato salad because I know she doesn't like potato salad and then get mad when she don't eat it. Right. I won't, I won't do a dinner of, of uh, with dressing because she don't like dressing. You feel what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, I know what she like. And so if I know what she like, I can express my level of love to her through my actions. And then also, um, Chat Mr. Chapman, the book on the five love languages, knowing, you know, yes. the affirmations is her thing. You know, if I, you know, giving her words of encouragement, talking to her in that type of way, it helps her. Uh, feel the love from me that she needs mm -hmm. and so so this mosaic law is knowing who God is knowing what he likes knowing what he dislikes uh, but then it's also adhering to what Jesus says because it's hard for us to keep all of the law right yeah and one of one of the laws I, I gotta find the scripture for it is you can't wear clothes with multi-fabrics Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah. and if and if you're doing that, you're breaking the law. Yes. Or or you if you're a man, you have to have a beard. But I can't grow hair. <laughs> I can't this is it. it I, it's this, not due this, to lack of trying. This has been through 2012 since I got out the army. You keep holding on to it too. Yet holding on. The soul patch. That's all I got. That's all I can get. And so, and so, and so, so then understanding who God is and understanding the law. But Jesus said, hey, if you can commit yourself to loving God with all that you have, you will adhere to what God has for you. Mm. And not only I want you to love God, but then gonna, we're going to talk about it too. Love your neighbor. Yes. Uh, you bring up a couple very interesting points with this mosaic law, talking about the the wearing of the different fabrics, mm -hmm. having to grow a beard, eating unclean animals. Right. I've had I actually recently had a conversation about um, this in the sense of and and help me to to make sure I'm making my point correctly because I feel like I was, but with uh, the crucifixion. Um, the love for for God, or the love that God has for us, and with the cleansing of um, our sins and Him being the sacrificial Lamb, those parts of the Mosaic Law we don't have to adhere to in our presence, um, in our present space. As we learn God and love God, we're not held to those standards as being unfaithful or not loving God if we eat pork or right. wearing yeah so or cotton and so yeah for yeah and, and then we look at acts 10 when 
when um, God gives this vision to Peter mm-hmm. and he ascends down all animals. Peter's like, hold up, wait a minute, I can't eat none of this. Yeah. Uh, and, and God says, well, nothing that I've made is unclean. <laughs> you feel right, what I'm saying? Right. Um, nothing that I've made that is is unclean. And then also, um, we have to look at culture too. Mm-hmm. You know what? What? What was the purpose of this during this time, and how is this applicable today? Uh, because anyone that that be consistent to sticking to to those laws, they're not consistent to sticking to only walking around with sandals mm-hmm. and turban, not and uh. The sheets like, yeah, like the, the tunics, tunics. Well, I forget what they call. Yeah, yeah. That they're not committed to that, or or you know, it's only for the females that wear the head wraps and stuff. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? So so um, we got to be culturally aware of um, what 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 is necessary in these moments too. But you know, you no, know, we can't pick and choose. You know how we want to live, but. But if we commit ourselves to loving God, and like Jesus says in the text, it covers all of it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then thinking or talking more about the text and the laws and and how the Sadducees came to Jesus with this weird question. I just imagine, I, I imagine like how Jesus like received this. <laughs> like, did he hit him with an eye roll? Did he like literally laugh at them? Was he like, "Boy, please"? Right. Like, like what was? <laughs> I wonder what his response was to this, mm-hmm. and and just you know, or did he just look? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you. So right. So do you actually think you would have a wife in heaven? <laughs> right. I'm like, don't ask me this craziness. Yeah, that's a, that's a good look. <laughs> that's a good look. Uh, and then uh, you talk about the agape love. Yeah. There are there are four different types of love, correct? Yeah. Am I challenging you? Yeah, you challenge with it. So it in the in the Greek language, uh, they have different types of love. It's like storges, like uh, um, so. I'm I'm not say the Greek. I'm say the different types. There you go. It's the <laughs> romantic love, eros. I think that's eros. Agape is the limitless. Uh, I think storge is like um, um, love for like friend and stuff like mm-hmm. at least fil- the Philly Philly is because the city of brotherly Philly. love yeah 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 that's the brotherly love phileo yeah phileo yeah, yes. that's it yeah that's the brotherly love and storge is like family I think something like that okay uh, so those are different types of I think it's five but but I, I don't I, I can't recall all of them but it's I know it's on that level you no know, family. Um, romance, which is for a wife, agape, which is limitless and um, unconditional, and then the phileos, like brotherly love, love mm-hmm. for a brother. And so, and so this this Greek word here in this particular text in Matthew, um, it is agapeo love, mm-hmm. which is this unconditional, limitless love. Right? It's like I'm going to love you. With no boundaries, no limits, and it's gonna be like that song. It's gonna be reckless. Reckless. I'm just, I'm just, I'm gonna love you so much. Um, and and so when we, 
if we really look at that definition of unconditional love, we really don't know what we're saying. Yeah. Right? Because, like I said in the sermon, um, the people we love the most would be the ones who hurt us the most. Yes. Yeah, because you know, because we know them and we expect a different level of respect and a different level of love from them than what we're, that's given to us. Mm-hmm. And we have to still love them. Yeah. And so that's challenging. I think it's, it's, it's that part, right? It's the still love them. Because mm-hmm. to, I think, and, and you can correct me, but I believe to, if we're going to give love and receive love, we have to be vulnerable and open to it. Oh, yeah. And so then if someone violates that vulnerability, it's really hard to let them back in because they, they didn't take care of mm-hmm. your... Your, your, it wasn't good. They weren't good stewards. They weren't good stewards of your love. Yeah. Right, and so it, it you know, people get closed off. People have trust issues, mm-hmm. um, for, what the the selfish gain of the other person that hurt them, and to, like, I, I'm sure people are who are listening and experience are like, I want to love but I can't. Mm-hmm. How do you open that back up? Ooh. I'm no love doctor, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure you broke a few hearts past. So. <laughs> I know, probably, <laughs> probably. <laughs> so, um, saying goes, time heals all wounds. Mm-hmm. And and so when when you your heart has been broken, or when you feel as if the person that should have loved you has has not loved you. You got to look at reasons to love yourself mm-hmm. um, because that validation has now been voided from them that their level of love that you thought they had for you no longer exists because of how they've treated you. Because if you love me, like I said, you want to make sure I'm happy yeah. at all costs, but to cheat on me, to steal from me, to lie to me, um, to mistreat me, proves to me that you don't really love me like you've been saying that you love me. Yeah. Because love hurts. Mm. Um, Love is sacrificial, right? Um, And and if if I love you, I'm going to make sure, even if it caused me pain, I'm gonna make sure you feel my love. Because now I have to sacrifice something, which means I have to give up something I want. Yeah. That's a sacrifice. Sacrifice is not me taking old shoes that I don't wear to the Goodwill. It's me taking these brand new Gucci shoes I just purchased yeah. that I really like that cost me a whole lot of money and now give it away. Yeah. That's a sacrifice. And so my, if my heart has been broken... Um, if I've experienced um, some hurt from someone I thought loved me, it's going to take me some time to recover from that. Now, anyone that's listening, that's had any relationship or, or parent or sibling or, or, or a spouse to hurt you and cause you that pain, you understand what I'm saying. That it, even though we're Christian, mm-hmm. we're also human. Yeah. And, and that uh, response with love 
does not come like that. Because the response of bodily harm may come first. Yes. Or uh, was that lady, I bust the windows out your car? Yes. <laughs> bust the windows out your car, Louisville Slugger to both headlights. You know, yeah, so those are the first thing that come to mind. Not, oh, I need to love them even though they've hurt me. Now, I'm I'm not I'm not also saying I'm also not saying be gullible nor allow someone to continue to mistreat you because you are Christian. Mm. Because I can love you at a distance. Yes. I can love you and still not have to be engaged with you and or have you in my life. You feel what I mean? Be, because I know you now. And and yes the the power of God has the ability to change your life. Hallelujah. But if I don't see the evidence of that, I'm going I'm to continue to keep you at a distance, even though I love you. And, I, and yes, and I think that's a misconception. Mm-hmm. Because if I love you, you're close to me. Right. Uh, you're, you're in my circle. You're in my space. If I love you. So the idea, and if you're away from me, I don't love you. Right. I may like you. I may have. I may care for you, but you are at a distance because love is trust. Love is my mm-hmm. circle. Love is where I can feel safe. And so I, I think we will have listeners and even other dialogues that happen beyond here where there's that friction of loving someone from afar right. sounds real like sounds negative and like you're mm-hmm. pushing somebody away. But understanding that we are commanded to love our neighbor. <laughs> Yo, so, so, CT, so, like, what, what, what I'm saying here, like, so if you are in an abusive relationship, yeah, and this person beats you, they don't love you, and you don't realize it until it's too late, right? Mm. Until you not, not see that you're in the hospital or broken ribs or stuff like that. And you get out of that relationship. You're not going back in that relationship. Because you know what that person has done to you. You feel what I mean? Yes. Now you can love that person. By calling the police on them. Okay. You feel what I'm saying? (laughs) Because you're helping them. Or somebody. Or the next person that they hook up with. That may come behind you. You feel feel what I'm saying? So so now I love you. Even though you've beat me, you've hurt me, you've done me wrong, but I don't have to deal with you. Mm. Yeah. Because seeing you caused trauma to me. Yeah. <laughs> you feel yeah. what I'm saying? You, you cause nightmares in my life. You cause me to have panic attacks and anxiety. Why would, you know, as a Christian, people think, you know, we should be these little meek and weak mm-hmm. people uh, but 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 we are still human beings and we still have to endure after the trauma and and I'm not going to allow you to traumatize me and still connect with you yeah but me not coming after you is me loving you amen CT, you about to get me started. <laughs> you, 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 you feel what I'm saying? And, do, and, so, and so sometimes we get it so confused that we think uh, uh, I'm a Christian. I still have to show love to this person, even though they continue to show themselves 
to be untrustworthy, mm-hmm. uh, show themselves to be liars, trust them, show themselves to be abusers. They continue to show themselves to be sting, uh, conduct themselves that uh, that goes against the will of God and you. Mm. And so we stay, or we 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 stay in the relationships, the friendships, um, with people that's hurting us because we say, "Oh, I'm a Christian. I got to show this love." But God never wanted us to be miserable. Right. He don't want us to be um, in this place. Of, of of sadness or or fear all the time. You know, the Bible says He's not the God that does not give us a spirit of fear. Mm. So why would He put you in a relationship where you scared to say something to somebody without getting your teeth knocked down Ooh, your throat? Say that. You you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And, and so and, and so this love um, that we have for God, Jesus also saying we must have for our neighbor, but but it also is saying yo. I love you, but I, I'm not putting up with your mess. Yeah. I know how to handle you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you my cousin, but I know when I come, when you come over my house, I'm patting you down before you leave. And I'm not leaving any of my important information around you, but I love you. Yeah. But I know you too. Mm. And until you can prove this different, I, I got to treat you this way. Yeah. Until I, I'm comfortable. Not when you're comfortable with me, it's when I'm comfortable with you because we should all have these boundaries of our uh of of how far we allow people to come into our lives that has hurt us on numerous occasions. Yeah. Whew. That got deep real fast. It did. It did. <laughs> I'm gonna skip over those other questions I had they were not deep. <laughs> well, they weren't on that on that uh, cool, cool. that spectrum. So uh wow. Like that that's that's powerful um, because you're right. Like that's not how God wants us to love or be loved. Mm-hmm. And we have to understand that difference. Right. Uh, and so then talking about the internal love for self. Mm-hmm. So to your second point that this internal love for self must be expressed externally towards others. Um, and I think the kind of talking with the, um, Jesus quoting the the old scripture or excuse me the old testament scriptures, okay. uh, and talking about the commandments, um, and I and as I was reading it, he says you know you you do the the first commandment right, love God with all your heart soul and your mind, and he could have left out the neighbor, mm-hmm. but he didn't, and and I know we we've, we've talked about um, showing that love, but but still like what is it about this this neighbor what is is it is it like a sense of getting outside of yourself and and loving someone or something that's separate than you and being able to express that love kind of like we were talking about uh with your with your wife or is is it more so like a human calling that we are all here to love one another and to create i mean it's harmony Mm -hmm. um and and be able to worship God in a space that's not judgmental and there's persecution and, and judgment. Right. You know, so so Jesus could have he could have just left it, just love God. Right. And and I think um, with that people just be just religious. That all their efforts is done just to please God. And and you can do that and then leave out 
people you're around every day. Mm-hmm. John posed the question, how can you say you love God in which you've never seen and hate your neighbor you see every day? That's impossible. Yeah. Right? Uh, that, that, that shouldn't be. And I think Sunday, you know, this was on the spot. This wasn't in my notes. You know, like, how can you say you love God, go to church, leave church, go to the city, center of the city and watch a black man be hung from a tree? Mm-hmm. How, how can you say you love God and be fine with black bodies dying in the streets or kids, black kids yeah. not learning at the proper rate? How can we say we love God and we do nothing? And, and, and so um, Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all that you have, with everything. That's when the mind, body, and soul, your, your yeah. thoughts, your actions, your behavior, yeah. your attitude, and your behavior. Love God with all of that. But then he's intentional in saying, and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Because we've, you know, we've been in this war for a long time against terrorism. Mm-hmm. And and many of them thought they were doing acts of God mm. without the consideration of their neighbor. Mm. And Jesus, and the question was asked, who is your neighbor, right? Yeah. In Luke 15, and Jesus says, you know, your neighbor is, or Luke 10, your neighbor is anyone you see that's in need. Because mm. he gives the parable of the Good Samaritan. Right. That is, he's as a Jew coming down from Jerusalem, down the, down the road of Jerusalem, uh, Jericho, and he's beaten and left half dead. And the Levite and the priest walk past this man, but this Samaritan see a Jew on the side of the road and takes care of him. Yeah. That goes against cultural norms because Samaritans and Jews didn't interact with each other, yeah. let alone take care of somebody. So, according to his listeners, that Samaritan would not be considered as a neighbor. Mm. But because he took care of another Jew who was been beaten and left for half dead, now Jesus said, that is your neighbor. Whoever you see in need. So, we're neighbors, no, no, no matter what color of our skin is, no mm-hmm. matter what race we may be, no matter what religion we may be a part of, we are neighbors. And so, and so, like we see with these suicide bombers and planes and vehicles, um, they they assume they're doing it out of the act of God, but God also wants us to love neighbor mm. rather than just loving God. You feel what I mean? And so I think Jesus is intentional about that. And in the sermon, you know, I, I talk about how Christ wanted us to have this cross-like life. Mm-hmm. To live your life like the cross. Vertically, a vertical being and a horizontal being. And, and that cross is a place of pain and agony. A place of sacrifice. A place of death and a place of life. And all of that goes with love. Yeah. We must love God. We must love our neighbor horizontally, God vertically. And and in and in in loving God and our neighbor, sometimes we have to die. 
ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have to sacrifice. We have to put the needs of others before our very own. And no, that's what we're told as as service members. You no, know, that that that's one of our core values as a soldier in the army is placing the needs of others before our very own. Mm -hmm. You know, you know what I'm saying. And so that's that's what we do. And and, and sometimes. I have to be uncomfortable to make sure you're comfortable. Mm. That's me loving you, yeah. right? That's me loving you. That's me being there for you. That's me expressing my love for you. And so that's how I love my neighbor in a cross-like manner. Love, at least love in life, period, as, as if um, we're living the life of the cross. Yeah. Can you uh, think of an experience of when you experience or when you yeah when you've experienced all of these things in a true love fashion right yo i i just think of one right now you know when the kids they came in in my house and stole my cars uh -huh. um but yet and still it it has prompted me to love them more mm. um to go in court with them and still have compassion because you see how jacked up um, some parts of the system is um, and still be willing to advocate on behalf of a child that stole your vehicle that's an act of love yeah. and still being willing um, to to make myself available to this child and his family to help them even though the reason why they're in trouble is because they hurt me mm. you feel like you feel you feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's an act of love to to look not look past, but to understand their abilities and what what the child had done, but also say, hey, um, I'm a victim, but I'm also an advocate. Yeah. So let me show this love towards this person who may never experience the love of Christ, but they gonna they he's gonna see it in me. Mm. That takes a lot. Mm -hmm. in, in, in recognizing the love that you do have for self for these for these kids right and I think where kind of um, where you could have love from a distance right you know you you've been able to to switch that because I believe in you and through our conversations and just and just knowing you you have a strong sense of self right strong level of self-concern what your purpose is you're you're in tune to God and and I think that's different than like a maybe how we could look at self-indulgence where you mm -hmm. could have been vindictive to these right. kids um, and really attempted to throw the book at them right because they wronged you right and you didn't mm -hmm. yeah so um, just like this sermon is a, you know, it's an issue I'm dealing with. I ain't gonna tell you what it is. Uh, <laughs> where, where, where I have, this sermon convicted me more um, than uh, probably any listener. You feel what I mean? Uh, okay. um, because you no, know, you know, and sometimes it happens. You know, I got to live what I preach. Mm -hmm. um, and and this this he says. Love your neighbor as yourself. So if we really look at it, the digression of the text is this. Love God. Love yourself. Love your neighbor. Because you can't love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you don't love God. Yeah. That's the basic. That's the whole 
sermon in one sentence. Love God, love yourself, love your neighbor. Because you can't love your neighbor unless you love yourself. Mm -hmm. You can't love yourself unless you love God. Because loving God exposes who you are. And and I really like I found this story in the text and in in a sermon. I found a story um online, forget where I got it from, I heard it somewhere. Um but it's just saying how this doctor worked on this man for nine and a half hours and showed this act of love for this man. Mm -hmm. Because if, if I'm helping you to live, that's proving that I have some form of love for you. But he never knew who this man yeah. was. Uh, and so the need of the patient brought out the best in the doctor. And so that's what happens for us. That's why we need each other, because um, you bring out the best in me. Mm -hmm. That's what the Bible says. No, it's not good for man to be alone. Right. We need relationships. We mm -hmm. are relational beings. God created us to be together because being with you is going to bring out the best in me. Because I'll never know what's down on the inside unless I exercise it. And sometimes it comes out of helping other people. Mm -hmm. It's crazy because it said, no, Kobe Bryant, um, about some weeks before he died, pulled a person out of a burning car. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That passion and that love uh, for somebody else uh, even put your life in danger to help them. And... And and you never know you'll be able to do that until you you're in that situation. Yeah. Um, no, going to war. You know, you never know how much you're sacrificing for the safety of others who would never have to experience any of the hardships that you endured. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and then it's hard to even talk about, or you people never understand it. Um, but. You know, for me, I thought I was just going in the army, you know, and give me some college money. You feel? Yeah. I thought I was gonna go go over there, come home, but it wasn't the case. You know, what I'm saying <laughs> I did three tours over forty come forty months in combat. Wow! And um, and and now that I look back on it, the work that I was doing was because I thought one was just for me, but it was the love for for all people mm -hmm. because my work over there ensured our safety over here. And so I commend, I commend all of our service members um, that, that many go in with thinking of self, but the work that we do is for the greater good of a whole nation. Yeah, and uh, I appreciate them as well as a citizen and being able to, to live out my freedom. So right. thank you to you and your peers for all the work that y'all do because it's, it's definitely probably the biggest thankless job. Mm -hmm and the impact that it has across the whole nation and is a it's amazing so right. um, and not a lot of people can do that it's very selfless oh, like yeah. like you have to be it's almost uh, 1% yeah. 1% of america become service members wow i wouldn't have thought it was only 1% 1% right? i think everybody needs to do at least 2 years you know, I'm post uh, honestly, I'm actually surprised that that hasn't uh, happened yet. Um, I was talking to my uncle. He's like 91, 
either 86 or 91. Those are different ages, but mm-hmm. they're up there. Sorry. And he, uh, I was talking to him about how he got to where he lives now, because the family was in D.C., he lives in Rhode Island. I'm like, how did you even get up here? And he was telling me about the draft. Mm-hmm. And he was part of the draft. And I was like, what are, your, what are your thoughts on it? He said, I hated every minute of it, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. And he said, I would think everyone, we should still have the draft. Wow. And I said, like, why do you think that? And he said, well, you, you learn so much yeah. about yourself mm-hmm. and about others and how to, uh, you know, you get, you get skills in, um, by being in the military and things like that. But he was very adamant. He's like, it should come back. <laughs> Uh, but you know, in in Israel they do it. Like everybody yeah. serves in some, Israel. Some, yeah, several countries do it. Like, uh, every no matter who you are. So I, honestly, I I agree. I I think we would have a better sense of country. Right. If everyone served. That's my two cents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's no, it's a, uh, it's challenging work. And you don't think about it while you're doing it, you know. You just don't, just trying to get paid. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just trying to get a check, you know. Yeah. Um, and um, but when when I look back on it, you can see, you know, the impact that it has had on me, and then also the work that I've done that has um, helped helped us to be safe. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So yeah. Uh, uh, your wife tried to recruit me. Oh yeah. Yeah, like a couple months ago. She yeah. was like, "You can still enlist." Nah. I was like, "I don't think so." <laughs> don't do it. I was like, "I think I've aged out." <laughs> no, you're not old enough yet. You still got time. What's the age cut off? Thirty-five, I think. I'm thirty-five. You're not. I am. What? Yeah, I turned thirty-five in July. Oh, happy birthday! Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we share a birthday month faster, oh, but uh, anyway. Yeah, so you right there. So you still have time until July. Oh, to become to turn thirty six. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll see. <laughs> the way my job, you know what? I'm gonna go get. No, into don't it. worry about that. Don't worry about that at all. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, so as as we finish up, it's kind of thinking about you make a you make a a statement and um near the end of the sermon where you say, where you say we are not commanded to agree with mm-hmm. um, anything, like right. with other people's opinions, other people's thoughts or anything. The commandment is to love. Mm-hmm. And just as we've been having this conversation, I think at probably different points, people started shutting down. People started separating. Nah, I can't. I can't love them. <laughs> right. Nah, nah, I'm, I'm not doing that, Pastor. You, you have me. I can love my kids, but no, I, mm-hmm. I can't love my auntie. Right. Um, and the fact that we're still told that even if we don't agree, kind of the the scenario that you gave of the man who, uh, when when people were asking for help, uh, mm-hmm. and he didn't speak up, or they didn't speak up, and so it was their turn, and there's no one to speak up for them. Uh, the fact that we're not commanded to agree with people's opinions or beliefs, we are just commanded to love. That is big. Facts. Big. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, CT. That, no, uh, again, no, I was like, yo, 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 yo. <laughs> the commandment here is not that I agree 
with who you are, mm-hmm. your political stance, your sexual orientation, your 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 race, your culture, uh, your behavior. I don't have to agree with none of it. I still have been commanded to love. Right? So I still have been commanded to show compassion on you because I'm not saying I'm not going to leave you on the side of the road because you're not, you don't like the same stuff I like. Right. You're not of the same faith that I am of. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible, the Bible says, um, people will know that you are my disciples by the way you have love for each other. Mm. Say that again. (laughs) (laughs) So the people will know that you are my disciples by the way you have love for each other. So the way I take care of you demonstrates to the world the love of Christ. Mm. Demonstrates the love of God. And people will know, are they something different about this person? They must be Christian. Or what? let me find out what type of religion they have or mm-hmm. or why are you loving this person this way so yeah. much and so we we if we read through all the commandments the commandment never was love those you agree with yeah that wasn't the commandment the commandment was love your neighbor and Jesus defines who your neighbor is pretty much anybody anybody facts that's tough you know yeah. I, I don't have to agree with you but I'm gonna still love you. Now, if I disagree, I can tell you I disagree with mm-hmm. you. But I'm gonna do it in love. I'm not gonna say uh, I'm not messing with you at all. I'm not. No, I'm just gonna say yo, I don't agree with that. But I got nothing but love for you. And people respect that more. Yes. People respect you telling them um, that you don't agree rather than being around them, smiling their face and talking about them behind their backs or something yeah. like that. They respect it more if you're just straightforward and upfront with them. Say hey. Yo, I don't like what you're doing, but I still have nothing but love for you. And uh, yo, let's let's continue to do do work. Let's continue to do ministry. Um, let's continue to love God, and, because some people just can't get past others' issues. Yeah. So that prevents them from doing the work that God has called us to do. Uh, those that concludes all of the questions that I had. Cool. Um, I drew right. a di- I drew a diagram about the husband and the brothers. I was like, this look crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait, is it like birth order? How do they all come together? Crazy. Blah blah. Uh, like who who does, who does she go to next? Like that's what that's why it's all dotted lines. Um, Foolishness. <laughs> uh, do you have any final thoughts or notes for for our listeners? Right. You know. This love thing is is real, and sometimes people um, don't understand the level of love that we must have for each other, and and with love comes commitment. I think in the sermon too, God says, "Love me," and He says that because He loved us first. Mm. And and I also give the analogy, you know, oftentimes we don't want to tell someone we love them. We don't want to be the first one to do it. No, <laughs> because if I'm the first one, that makes me the most gullible one or the most vulnerable one. So we're waiting for each one of us to say, "I love you," even though 
both of us may be feeling that we love. Like, you no, know, me and my wife, you know, it was the same thing, you know. Before we ever hugged or kissed or anything, we had love for each other. And and, um, and so that, I think that that is what made our relationship so impactful. Mm. Um, and, and so God says, yo, I told you already, I love you. Yeah. Before you ever told me. So I'm the vulnerable one here. I'm the one putting myself out there. I'm the one putting my my uh, emotions on the line. Just love me back. And that's all God wants from us. And if we can love God, we can love everybody else, including ourselves. And please do not exclude yourself out of the equation. Because when you don't love yourself properly, you'll never be able to love others effectively. Ooh. That should be on our coaster. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us today for our Overflow podcast. Thank you again, uh, Pastor, for diving deeper uh, into your sermon with us and, and really talking about love. So uh, remember, love God, love yourself, and love your neighbor. Have a marvelous day and stay wonderful, fabulous, and blessed. Peace.